Welcome to Apparently, the podcast for absolutely average parents. I'm Ann Johnsos. And I'm Tracy Weiner. Ann and I have been friends for a very long time. We met right after college. Yeah, in our first jobs as radio producers. We spent our 20s as wing women for each other, and it didn't work out very well. But then it did. And we found the right guys and stood up in each other's weddings. And then we had babies within weeks of each other. So we went from producers to reproducers. We make it look easy. Which brings us to this podcast. We want to discuss topics that interest us and you and provide some knowledge to other average parents. We're average, not experts. So we'll tackle these topics with people who know what they're doing. Yeah, we'll get the experts. And I fully expect to embarrass myself along the way. Yeah, after season one, I'm pretty sure we already have. (laughs) So welcome to Apparently. We make it look easy. We make it look good. When everybody sees it, they stop and take a look. Apparently, I thought it might be a good idea to talk about something that plagues every single playground, PTA, school, and neighborhood. What is that? It's something I'd like to call, and I think it's universally called, mama drama. <laughs> you laugh, but you've everyone's heard stories and has plenty of stories to share. The school mom that makes up the drama or wants to be the center of attention or um, gets involved in their kid's business, like, you know, as they're trying to navigate school. Mm-hmm. So... Um, sometimes even as an adult, I have to say that the playground at pickup can be a little tough to navigate Yep. when you pick up the girls mm-hmm. after school. So um, there can be clicks and different things that go on and you're like trying to figure out where to insert yourself on the playground mm-hmm. when you're when you're waiting early. I remember specifically as a kindergarten mom, I had just moved from the city to the suburbs and I was really shy. No, that's probably hard to believe, but I, I was really uncomfortable and and nervous you were out of your element i mean yes. after, yeah because in the city i just we, the kids weren't in school yet so i didn't have that that thing going on so it can be overwhelming just trying to figure out who your kid's teacher is and homework and all that sort of stuff much less navigating parents and figuring out who they hang out with and um what their deal is and and you know who they're friends with and sort of stuff like that so i was i was very lucky to meet a bunch of moms at my kids school and made a lot of great friends but those early years were a little intimidating all right so i hear you when soph started school my sister's oldest was already at the school so that was great because oh, you had an in yeah i had an in so all i had to do is kind of walk next to my sister um and, and i had a bunch of pre-approved moms um but there was an obvious divide between working moms and stay-at-home moms yes and i felt it so now i was a working it's mom palpable yes and you know i couldn't be in the classroom as often I, I my kids went to aftercare so i didn't actually do pickup then when i started staying home a couple of years ago i realized that the women who are staying at home were volunteering and they were running the school and like Amen. Like they were, they were making it happen. They were parenting my child when I wasn't there. Yep. So I, I was incredibly grateful. So as someone who has been on both, both sides, sides, I could say rather than there be being animosity, I was grateful for both sides, you know, and, and when I started staying at home, I was at the school every day because why not? And so, and that was nice to meet those other kids. But we have switched schools. Sophie switched schools once. Hannah has switched schools twice just because CPS is CPS. Yeah. Yes. And every single time I have to navigate a new group of parents, I feel like I'm the kid 
who it's like going back to school yeah. it's like reliving your school years again through your through your kids yeah at my kids school we started this um program called uh, grade level ambassadors and i actually think it's a fantastic idea if i do say so myself but uh <laughs> don't hurt yourself while you pat yourself on the back <laughs> pat myself on the back i ripped it off from another school actually but um so each grade has an ambassador mom or dad and they set up meetups they set up a communication, hey, there's a dance this weekend, or hey, it's the mother son gym jam, or what is a communication? So, because sometimes I think it's intimidating for a parent to call a teacher or the principal to ask what's going on. And so, if you have another parent that you can reach out to, and basically the whole premise of the program is to be inclusive to make sure, and we did it from the get go in kindergarten so that. The kindergarten moms that are coming into school have no idea who a teacher is, who the mm-hmm. principal is, anything around the school, to make them feel warm and welcome when they come in. And I think it's been incredibly successful in helping kind of navigate the playground politics and figuring stuff out. So I, I was really proud about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of that, there's mama drama everywhere when parents are getting involved in fights. I've heard of struggles with moms at PTA events, like who's going to be in charge. Uh, have you heard that? Yeah. And on <laughs> fundraisers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it can it can get kind of ridiculous, actually. So and with social media happening uh, and being so prevalent, you know, kids, not only are kids seeing about thing, birthday parties and stuff that they're not getting invited to, but so are the parents. I know social media is so alienating. A number of parent friends now from from three different schools because we have... Right. And when you go on Facebook and you see that, like, you know, when we moved on from St. Ben's, and I love the people of St. Ben's, but then they're just hanging out without, without us now. Like, we're, we're not yeah. important. So I'm like, look, at they're all having fun. Oh. I'm not with them. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it is. Can you imagine? Like, it's, it's crazy. So I thought maybe we should bring in an expert to talk about conflict resolution and maybe avoiding the mama drama as you're hanging out on the playground or you're volunteering for a PTA event or something. So we're joined by Joyce Martyr. She's a licensed therapist with over 20 years experience. She's a clinical consultant at the Family Institute at Northwestern University, a speaker and blogger for the Huffington Post and Psych Central, as well as the founder of Urban Balance that has eight locations serving uh, the Chicagoland area to help with your needs. Joyce? Hi, thank you so much for having me on to talk about mama drama. This is <laughs> such an important topic. Thank you for coming. Uh, so what? how would you define mama drama or where or when does it occur the most? Well, all the points that you made were excellent. And I'm a mom too. I have 13 and 16 year old daughters. So I experienced mama drama firsthand. And I've seen it in my practice, exactly as you've described. It's kind of this ridiculousness when parents get involved in their kids' social issues. Or just like you said, Tracy, it's just like being back in high school again. And there are these cliques of moms and parents and all these different social dynamics that we have to manage as parents. And it can be very overwhelming and stressful. It can. I will say that now as a as an older mom at my kids' elementary school, you hang out with the families that you've known the longest. And I, I maybe I'm delusional because I don't call it a click per se, but you know, my daughter was two years older than my son, so I've been with my daughter's families longer than my son's families of classmates. So naturally yeah. you kind of gravitate towards the people and it's not anything about the first or third grade or the other grades that 
that I, you know, my I don't have kids in those grade levels, but it's just you hang out with the people that you know. And also, yes. I find you hang out. So I've got two daughters, too, and I hang out with moms of daughters rather than moms of sons because I don't know the boys in the class that well. So even though I, I know moms of sons, they're not the people I go to to compare notes. Right. Of course. That's only natural. And it's so good that you've found support in a core group of, of parent friends because that's so normalizing and validating. You can talk with other parents who are going through the same things with their kids and, and develop a, a social life together. It really does take a village. And Anne, I loved your point about the stay-at-home moms that are involved in the school or the parents that are able to attend, how important that is and how much support they offer to the whole community. Yeah, and it's not recognized, not nearly enough. Oh, my goodness. And maybe that's part of why the mama drama happens. Maybe the stay-at-home moms who are working so hard feel like they're not being acknowledged. And then there are, because I've been both, and then the working moms swoop in, you know, with their high heels and their lipstick. Right, right, absolutely. And I'm wearing my Target workout shirt and my black exercise pants to school and my ponytail. That's funny. Right, right, absolutely. It's hard to hang on to your self-esteem when you're working part-time or at home and, and you're comparing yourself to others. And there's different stressors and different challenges and certainly different opportunities for self-esteem. And it is it is much harder to hang on to self-esteem when we're at home and to recognize how important and valued those roles are in our families and in our communities. So I always like using real-life examples. And so I was talking with some other people and I figured I'd just throw some questions at you from just coffee clutches and talking to other people things I've read absolutely what what would be the right thing to do so you know as your kids get older your the friends change like so who you hang out with who your oh my gosh I'm already t- who your children hang out with are different as it depends on who their homeroom is, like their best friend might be in the other class. And so they start hanging out with different people because that's just who they're used to having and sitting next to them in social studies or whatever. So when, what would be, how would you handle it when your kid's best friend is on the outs, but you're still friends with the parents or the mom of this person? Right. These are only normal and natural transitions that that happens, and it's a normal part of social development, but it can be difficult, and sometimes the friend or the friend's mom even might not understand or have their feelings hurt, and it can be a sensitive situation. So I think practicing empathy is important, so being able to put yourself in the mom's shoes and coach your kid on being able to understand what that might feel like to their friend so that they can develop empathy and awareness and just responding in a way that's kind and compassionate and considerate. And then also recognizing that this is a normal part of social development. And even though that kid's feelings might be hurt or his mother might be upset, they will move on. They will make other friends. Things will transition. And it's just part of all learning and growing. And it's okay to still be friends, even though your your kids' friends have changed. Absolutely. You were describing your core group of parent friends. Now that my oldest daughter is 16, many of our daughters don't hang out together like they used to, but they consider each other family friends. 
And so that's just a shift that happens and it's perfectly natural. And you kind of have to ride that wave with grace and and compassion and just mutual understanding that as our kids grow and develop, they're going to be different. I remember when my daughter was in preschool, it took the 22-year-old preschool teacher to sit me and my friend down when we were in tears because our three-year-olds were in a fight. And she said, just because you two are friends doesn't mean your daughter are going to be friends, which was so silly and obvious. But to us, it was super upsetting at the time because, you know, we love our kids and we want the best for them and and we want everyone to be happy and get along. Well, Joyce, though, on that side of things, um, the the moms I met when my oldest was three, they are still some of my best friends. And and Tracy knows them that we used to hang out together. Um, And we still, one lives in Winnetka, one is still at St. Ben's, two are still at St. Ben's, I'm at CPS. We still get them all together, and the kids are like, we don't even hang out with each other anymore. But we're like, yeah, you do now. Yeah, you do. And and we make them hang out. Right. They become like cousins or like a second family. Yes, exactly. So how would you approach, we were talking about um, the missing out aspect of social media, both with like parents hanging out on the weekends and doing stuff together, as well as when kids see other people being invited to birthday parties or vacations and whatnot. What would be an example or what would be an approach that you would suggest for parents when the kids have the hurt feelings about that sort of stuff with classmate birthday parties? It's so hard. And you're right. Social media does really exacerbate those feelings and those fears of missing out and being left out. And so again, expressing empathy and compassion that of course, it's normal for them to feel sad or angry and upset and allowing them a space to express that to you. Sometimes depending on their age, you know, artwork or physical activity or other ways of expressing can be helpful asking them what they need, if they need support, do they want to maybe have some other friends over or plan something else fun to look forward to, and just explaining that this is a normal part of social life and that you experience that yourself, that sometimes your friends get together without you or they get together with other friends and you feel the same way. And this is something for them to learn and understand. And it doesn't mean that they're not great and they're not fun and they're not lovable exactly the way they are. This is just a natural part of being a person. All right. So I heard a story about a mom who uninvited a kid from her daughter's party because she was mad at the other mom. Now, yeah, how would Ridiculous. you? Yes. What? Oh, yeah. And so that's where I would be tempted to call that mom and punch her. <laughs> um, right. Is there ever is there ever a a time when it's okay to call the other mom or should we just be like, listen, you know, we, we dodged a bullet there. You didn't want to go to that party. Right, exactly. I mean, you really have to pick your battles. That is ridiculous behavior and it's passive aggressive and unkind and just really inappropriate and hurtful to the kid, uh, taking it out on the kid. So I'm sorry that that happened. And yeah, that's an opportunity to explain to your kids about people and develop their emotional intelligence by processing that. And sometimes, yeah, we do have to pick our battles and decide which things we're going to address. And if, if it's something that you feel is really important, then figuring out a way to communicate that. I always say it's best to have those conversations face-to-face if possible, rather than sending off an angry email when you're <laughs> or upset a or a mean text. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so that you can maybe avoid any misunderstanding. So in tying it in with the mama drama, I was reading a blog or something that you had written about somebody that had come in to say that (laughs) somebody had come in to say that they had gotten a call from another mom because they didn't want their son spending so much time together because it made her son feel insecure and inadequate. Is that is that for real? Yeah, right. Ridiculous. And yeah, sometimes parents try to socially organize for their kids. They try to be the orchestrator of their social lives. Socially engineering their their social ladder climb. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so those situations are just really unfortunate and kind of silly. And, you know, obviously that kid and that mom have some self-esteem issues. And so we all have to kind of practice detachment, which is kind of the ability to zoom out and get greater perspective and kind of observe these situations from a more neutral place. I'm a big believer in meditation and practicing deep breathing and kind of bringing your attention to the present moment, kind of getting grounded and you know, observing their behavior, but not absorbing it and not locking horns with them, just not being defensive. It's not your job to tell them how inappropriate their behavior is. Your job is to take care of yourself and your kids and behave in a way that reflects integrity. You know, how people treat you is their karma and how you respond is yours is a quote by Wayne Dyer. I love his work. Uh So kind of keeping that in mind. And I always think this is kind of a, a, a good thing to think before saying anything. Ask yourself, is it kind? Is it necessary? And is it true? And if all of that upholds, then go ahead and say what you need to say. But it's better not to really get involved in too much of that. Obviously, the person with that behavior is not responding in a very healthy way. Well, you mentioned practicing detachment and emotionally unplugging from their from your kids' stuff and separating yourself from their pain. That, yeah. Tracy's head just fell off. That that actually seems absolutely impossible for me because because in the heat of the moment or when someone they come home or they're crying or whatever that's 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 a little hard how that seems horrible it's horrible i remember when my daughter was an infant and she got her first shots and i cried um i did too what's wrong with that right Well, that mama bear part of us comes out. We want to protect our kids. We love them more than anything. And so when they hurt, we hurt. But we do need to kind of learn how to separate it from them in some healthy ways. And really, it's detachment with love. It's just being able to be that grounded, bigger force so that you can help them. It's kind of like thinking about it if they were in a pool and they were drowning you don't want to be in the pool drowning with them you want to be standing safely outside of the pool with a with a life saver so it's kind of the same thing you want to be emotionally grounded and stable and present and respond to them with empathy and support and problem-solving skills so that they can get themselves out of the pool is it okay to say to them you know that I am so mad about this, and I, I really want to talk to that mom, but I'm not going to because it's not my battle, but I want you to know that I'm in your corner. Can we show them that we're upset, or should we just be like, 
We're very zen. (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. When you show that you're upset, you're validating their feelings, and that's really important. You're being honest with them, and you're also modeling healthy conflict resolution. You're, you're explaining to them your inner narrative of, yeah, you might be really mad, but you're not going to go tell that mom off. You're going to respond in a thoughtful and appropriate way. And sometimes we do have to say something, and that's assertive behavior, which is that healthy balance between being aggressive and being passive. So I always say that healthy self-esteem is between diva and doormat. And the diva is entitled and aggressive and it's not respectful of other people's boundaries. And the doormat is too passive and not respectful of her own. And so assertive behavior is right in the middle where you can speak with respect for the other person and yourself. So you're using communication that's clear and honest and respectful and setting healthy boundaries for yourself and in your relationships. I was reading somewhere about um, where parents have gotten involved and asked other parents to change their decisions, like literally ask them, hey, uh, can you not let your son use a cell phone or can you not? Why why did you let them have an email account or Instagram (laughs) or or Snapchat? Yeah, Yeah, because it it, it meddles. It doesn't jive with your your um, family values. Yes. Your program, what yeah. you're running in your own household, it, it, does that does that happen really? It happens all the time, oh and it and, and it still happens with curfews and other things as the kids get older, and that's inappropriate. Everybody has their own choice to make their own household norms according to their own values, and when we ask other people to change their their behaviors according to our values, that's that's disrespectful and it's a boundary violation. So we only have control over our own thoughts, behaviors, responses, actions, and our own rules in our own household. You know, certainly I think it's a good idea to maybe talk with your friends and and other parents to see what the norms are so that you can make an informed decision that kind of isn't so different than the other kids. But yes, we can't impose our own values on others. Well, in our house, uh, my husband and I, we say not not my circus, not my monkeys. I think it was from a Modern Family episode. So oh, when great. so when it's something, it was it was I think um, what's the mom in Modern Family? The blonde Claire. Claire. Claire said, "Not my circus, not my monkeys." So <laughs> when things like that come up, that the kids come home and say something, we're like, and we're like, "Wow, we would never have done that, or we would never have allowed that." We just say, "Not our circus, not our monkeys." I'm going to steal that. That's a I love it. I may have to borrow that. Oh, it, well, it's Modern Family. <laughs> That's a good tidbit out of that show. Joyce, what do you That's do? attachment. Yeah. Oh. oh, wait. It is. See, you can do it. I did do it. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Joyce, what do you do when your kid or kids have best friends and you don't necessarily like the best friend's parents and there's oh. a continual... Um, there's pressure to hang out as families nonstop. And I mean, is that when we can practice detachment? <laughs> yeah, that is a really hard thing. And just because your kids are friends with the kids doesn't mean you have to be best friends with the parents. The reality is you do need to have some sort of relationship with them, probably in, in, in an effort to kind of co-parent or raise your kids together. 
and communicate, but you can certainly shift your boundaries with those people and, you know, decline certain invitations, perhaps get together quarterly or a couple times a year just to stay in touch. I sometimes think of those people as important people in my community. They might not be people I would choose to be my best friends, and they're not the people I would choose to spend my Friday and Saturday nights with on a regular basis, but I'm happy to get together with them, you know, for a a concert or something once a year. Right. That makes sense. So basically, detachment is how you avoid mama drama, basically. You got to just step away from it and not get wrapped up in it and not allow yourself to go there. Basically, just unhook. Exactly. Take care of yourself, get your own support, (laughs) your own self-care and and just detach from it, separate, unhook, unplug and behave in a way that you feel good about. So basically, in in all the blogs that I've read of yours, um, by stepping in and trying to mitigate or socially engineer things, you're basically and this even kind of falls back on an episode we once did about failure, but you're basically telling your kid that you don't think that they can handle it or, or get through it or, or solve their own problem if you get involved. Would you concur? Exactly. Yeah, you want to give them the opportunity to learn these really important skills that they're going to need for the rest of their life. And they're not going to have you as a helicopter parent, hopefully when they're in college or in their 20s. <laughs> And they need to learn these skills for themselves. So you can coach them on the sideline, but they need to do these things. And if you rescue them or do them for them, you're inadvertently giving the message that you don't believe in them, that you don't believe that they're capable of resolving their own issues. Right. It yeah. makes sense. And it, I, it's just choice, hard. It's, I get it, but it, sometimes it's really tough. <laughs> It's so tough, and that's why we need our other moms for support, and so we can kind of vent and and get some support, and and even kind of laugh about some of this stuff. I know it's hard, but we'll we'll all get through it. We all did. No kidding, for sure. I don't think my parents were as involved as I was, no. or paid attention, or were Johnny on the spot for every single thing, socially, Not academically, whatever. And I think I turned out okay, but. I think that's a cultural pendulum swing. I think our parents didn't. And so now we're kind of overcompensating and overprotecting. And and there's probably a healthy balance in the middle. They always say we need to give our children roots and wings. So kind of a balance of those two things. Nice. That's a good analogy. This is a good episode. I feel like I can now detach happily. Right. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Joyce Martyr, thank you so much for being with us today. She is a licensed therapist with Urban Balance. Urban Balance, urbanbalance.com. We're insurance-friendly counseling for individuals, couples, and families. Super. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Ann and Tracy. Thanks. I appreciate it. So apparently mama drama does exist, but we don't need to be victims or bystanders of it. We need to practice detachment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we need to find the right balance of supporting the kids, roots and wings, and also letting go. Would you agree? I do agree. It's easier said than done. It is for me. Yes. So now to end the episode, we want to put ourselves in a timeout, kind of like we used to do with the kids. Today's timeout takes us back to vaping. So have you done anything about it? Uh, No. 
Okay. We uh, we talked about it, and, and, and it's been in the news that kids are vaping with these little electronic yep. devices. Um, I did talk to the girls about vaping when we had the episode. Yep. Um, they're so anti-smoking, anti-drinking, anti-everything. I can't even imagine that they would ever do it. But a dad friend of ours just told us that at his daughter's doctor's visit, she freely offered the information that one of the most popular guys in seventh grade in a very wealthy suburb is vaping. So we were all shocked. But then the dad said, you know, the the plus side is that she told us. Like she she offered it freely. open communication. Yeah. So um, be vigilant because... Keep the dialogue open. Make it feel like... It's open and you can come and say stuff. Because no, when the conversation is closed off, then you don't ever learn anything, right? Right. No judgment. Right. Uh, just like um, in one of our other episodes, the golden ticket. They can come yeah. to you with anything. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So, no, we did talk about it just a little bit, but um, there has not been any um, discovery of any of that going on so far. So Knock wood. <laughs> All right. That was our time out. That was our time I out. like it. Me too. Maybe next time we'll be able to hear from some listeners. Perfect. Excellent. Well, we'd love to continue this conversation and hear from you. Uh, check out our Facebook page at Apparently. Give us a call at our phone number, 331-704-0046, or email us at apparentlypodcast at gmail.com. This is a WGN Plus podcast. I'm Ann Johnsos. And I'm Tracy Weiner. Thanks for listening to Apparently. We make it look easy.